Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Press Row. Behind the scenes stories from the world of sports media. Press Row. Inside and interviews from around the sports world. Now, here's your host, Jonas Siegel. Welcome back in the Press Row. Jonas Siegel here. You know, Tons of negativity around the world of sports media and media in general. Layoffs, cuts, closings, mergers, no mergers. It's enough to drive one to drink. And I tend to be alone on the island. I'm the only one who seems to think that the appetite and audience for content remains strong. It's incumbent upon someone out there to figure out the model for tomorrow for businesses to understand how to make money in the media business. And I decided to seek out an expert to help me with hope and understand that there is a future in this business because sports fans and media fans, and no matter the vertical, we still want to understand and interact and listen to great content. I don't care whether you call it radio, streaming, whatever, podcasting, we still want to listen and we want to engage And we may not be doing it on AM, we may not be doing it on FM, whether it's satellite, streaming, Hulu, what have you, doesn't matter what you want to call it. I need that hope. So in today's podcast, I turn to John Arand, longtime, not only podcaster, writer, but he is one of the gurus of sports media. I hope today's podcast gives you some hope, gives you some insight. There's so much going on in sports media. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode of In the Press Row with John Oran, a real highlight of what's going on, where things are going in sports media. Welcome back. In the Press Row, Jonas Siegel here in Seattle. It is uh, just following a Grateful Dead or Dead and Company weekend. As you know, I was out in Colorado this past weekend. Unbelievable experience. They say this is it. I don't believe it, uh, but I got to see the band two to three nights. Dave Matthews finished with them. It's an incredible experience. They have five more shows. You have a chance to get out there before listening to this. Definitely do it, but I don't believe this is the end. Um, yeah, John, I, I saw their farewell uh, concert about five years ago. It was I great. Know, right? Yeah. Dead and Company <laughs> or Grateful Dead? I, we're going to have a conversation before I introduce you. Was it was, was it Dead and Company or was it somebody else? Oh, it was Dead and Company. Yeah, yeah. So that that voice you hear is John Oran from the Sports Business Journal. We are delighted to have you. John, how are you this morning? Doing great. Thanks for having me. All right. So we can talk dead now. I just saw them. I saw them last year in Boulder at Folsom Field. Uh, my son, who produces this, this fine show, is a student at Boulder. He called me up about 18 months ago. He said, Dad, will you take me to see the dead in Boulder? I'm like, yep, absolutely. We had so much fun last year. He goes, will you take me again this year? Uh, we saw the first show and the third show, which was the last. And then uh, as they were getting ready to wrap up the show, John, John Mayer announces, a good friend of the band is going to play with us for the last song. Please welcome Dave Matthews to the stage. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was trying to explain to my 21-year-old son, John, maybe you can help me here, what that is like. And the only thing I could say to him, because he didn't get it, was I was like, imagine going to see LL Cool J in, in concert 
and Drake popped up to do the finale with them. <laughs> I took my my 24 year old son to uh, see the Who. Uh, they, they came through DC, right. and that, that, that it was the same sort of conversation I was having. Like, believe me, back in the day, this song, you know, <laughs> it was still fun. They were actually were, were better than I expected, but it, it was the same sort of premise there. All right, so I'll ask you a question then, because you're obviously a music fan. Do you think that there's a rumbling out there that this really isn't it for the for Dead and Company? There's rumblings out there all over the interweb that Al Gore invented that uh, John Mayer is going to keep this going. That this really isn't the end. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, I think it's a great thing. I, I, why, why end Thank it? you. When, when you go to the shows, it's, you know, I, I know people after uh, Jerry died didn't want to go go and uh, support any of the uh, uh, con the bands that came after that. It, what, what came right after? It wasn't Dead and Company. No, it wasn't. There was another name. I think it was. I, I think forget it was, what it was. There was a funny name. But when, but when I, you, you went to the concerts, it's, it's, they, they pack stadiums. It's a, the, the atmosphere is fun. It's a, it's a, I, I would hate to see it, uh, see it end, and I don't suspect that it will. It's the happiest place on earth next to Disneyland. And the only <laughs> difference is there's nobody disgruntled at these shows, right? Like people just go and have a good time and people are friendly and they're happy and they're nice. And yeah, they might be a little bit inebriated or a lot of it inebriated, but who cares, right? And if you don't want to go, don't go. But we were at Boulder, three nights, 120,000 people went through there. Mm -hmm. It was good fun. Anyways, that's not why we're here. It is a uh, Major League Baseball All-Star Game weekend here in Seattle. It is going to be a hot mess. Um, not going down there, I hope. Uh, anyways, that's not what we're going to talk about. He is John. He is the sports business media guru. We are very excited to have you. There is I was thinking about it on my drive back from the airport this morning. I'm not sure, John, there has been a more interesting time to talk about sports media and the business of sports media than literally right now. There is so much going on. You have, you know, the Diamond Sports fiasco. You have ESPN letting people go at, at, at a time where the NHL draft had good ratings, the NBA draft had good ratings, the NBA deal is now in TikTok mode, you know, that's coming up. The NHL it, the deal is, is winding down uh, in, in Canada. Um, Amazon, Apple, all, all that's going on, YouTube taking over for DirecTV, the whole college football changes going on there. Like there is so much going on. I'm sure I've left off 10 or 12 things in addition to that. Like, have you, have you, can you think of a more, tumultuous or interesting time in sports media in your in your lifetime yeah uh i i can and and that was um when i first started with sports business journals back in 2006 and uh my background is i did a lot of uh cable television trades here in in uh the states as editor of cable world magazine and i wrote for Cable Facts Daily, FAX, Cable Facts. And it was a, a tip sheet that uh, we would put out every uh, every day, facts to, to, to people. And when I started at Sports Business Journal, that was the, the era of Dick Ebersol at NBC and David Hill at Fox. And it was these big broadcast executives. And they were totally dismissive at the time of ESPN. 
and 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 of of really all ca- all cable. They're you know why would they, they didn't believe at that point that any league would and would give its rights to an ESPN because ESPN wouldn't take wouldn't love them like the broadcasters do. Couldn't take care of them. Didn't have the reach that the broadcasters have. And having come from cable, I understood sort of how big ESPN was. So that was a it was a great point for me to make that jump over to Sports Business Journal because I had utter clarity on what was going to happen, and it happened. Uh, ESPN came in, and uh, the college football playoff, which at the time was called the BCS, ESPN outbid Fox by $1 billion. And it's because ESPN had the dual revenue streams. They were paid by cable and satellite companies, and they, were, and they got adver- advertising dollars. And Fox at that time, only got advertising dollars. And you're like, wait, what is this? And uh, and we're now at a, a similar inflection point. And unfortunately, I have no clue right now, which which makes it a little bit more chaotic uh, to, to, to answer your question. Uh, you have, it's not even a trend anymore. It's, it's, it's happening. It's unmistakable that that the video world is going towards streaming, the rise of Netflix, the uh, you know Apple TV Plus, Amazon Prime, Disney uh, Disney Plus, that's absolutely happening, and you have these big media companies holding on. The only reason they exist now is for live events and live sports, and so that they're they're holding on desperately to these live sports, and you have these deep pocketed streaming companies, Apple, Amazon, like Netflix, that that are that are starting to pick pick a a couple of these um, leagues and a couple of these rights. At some point though, like the, these deep pocketed companies, they're public companies and they're for-profit companies. And so at some point they have to like do deals that actually make financial sense for them. They can't, not everything can be, can be a loss leader uh, for, for them. And so, you know, entertainment already has gone to, to streaming. Uh, I, I don't know anybody that sits down and, and, you know, makes a point to, you know, watch a, a television serials, serial on, on a broadcast or cable television. They, they, you go and you binge it on, on, on a streaming service sports. It's live. It had that qu- hasn't quite happened yet. And uh, it, it would be easy just to take a look and say like, Apple's bigger than Disney. So Apple's going to going to be the winner. But I, I'm not certain that's going to be the case the, the, this time. It's a, it's a it's a totally fascinating time. Then you have cost cutting that's hitting all the traditional media companies, and everything is is kind of in a it just is like a wildfire right now. And trying to document sort of where we are and where things are heading is, is proving to be much more difficult than uh, than than I could have expected. And at the same time, there's this thing you may have heard of called gambling, which is now legal. And that obviously plays an element as well, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it's, it, but 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 what what makes it tricky though is it's legal in a lot of big uh, big markets and big states, but it's a state by state um, uh, a rollout. So if you're a national, if you're Fox or CBS or ESPN, you have to tread somewhat carefully on that because it's not legal in half the uh, half the population that you're actually broadcasting to. So let's go. Here's my question at the most basic fact, and that is the sports appetite has not declined. You still have a massive amount of people that are hungry for sports content. They want to watch games. They want to listen. And I'm not saying radio. I'm just saying they want to listen 
to people talking about the games and and banter in between games and they want to watch highlights let's not let's ignore for for one minute the vehicles and and the the channels if you will but that appetite is is if it's still there and it's probably growing would you not agree i'm so glad you say that because not uh, there are a lot of people that would not agree with you at all and they would take a look at gen z like your son and i and uh i have my my uh my three kids are firmly in Gen Z, so I have a you know focus group of three yeah. there that, mm-hmm. that that help out. And you know, I'll use my son as an example. He is as big of a sports fan as I am. Totally, he just consumes it differently. Correct. And, try, and trying to get, yeah, trying to get these leagues, trying to figure out how to get your twenty-one-year-old and my twenty-four-year-old to actually pay for what they're interested in is been th- th- that, that, that is that's a different question but can we just yeah. agree that on an audience basis the appetite remains significant it has Absolutely. not de- it has not degree it has not decreased nobody but, is but saying, i will say i i do believe that jonah that you and i are in the minority uh in, in, in believing that i think that a lot of people believe that that and i've seen some headlines i don't know if we're in the minority i think that there's a big section of people that believe that 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 the younger uh, generations are not interested in in those in, in sports, and I I rapidly disagree with that. I fundamentally believe that the younger generation have zero interest in the methodology that you and I and other generations used to. Mm-hmm. They have no interest in, with all due respect, the Chris Berman highlight shows and the Sports Center shows when they can watch it on. TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, and others, and consume it in ADD, ADHD methodology, and they get it instantly. There is no need for that. Yeah. And and for, for, forget about the Chris Berman highlight shows, which, of course, you're totally right on that. Sitting down for, for a two-hour NBA game, my son is, uh, is uh, satisfied following that on Twitter. He doesn't need to, to, to sit down and, and have it happen. And if he sees that, that great dunk five minutes after I did live, it doesn't matter. You know, he, he has a highlight right there on his, uh, you know, on his social media account. Unless it's his team and it fits within his schedule. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, yes. So I, I don't care about the noisemakers. Listen, attendance for the most part, uh, Eyeballs are up. People want to watch and people want to consume. We can call. That's why I said listening. So do I believe that sports radio, as we used to call it, is a booming, growing business? No, of course (laughs) not. It should be, though. Come on. That's great. Great entertainment. No, but at the end of the day, people are. So I can't speak to the D.C. area here in Seattle. Traffic is back to pre-COVID levels. People are stuck in their cars. Now, do they want to sit and listen to the old terrestrial radio? No. Why? Because they're now preconditioned to being able to find what they want to listen to, when they want to listen to it, how they want to listen to it. So if you're not smart enough to break down your shows into segments that people can listen to, hey, John's on from 3.15 to 3.30 and I can listen to the snippet where he talks about gambling on the All-Star game. And when he talks about boxing, I don't want to listen to boxing. I can tune out. I'm not going to listen to the hour show today. That's that we've, we've moved on from that. 
So the mm -hmm. smart people get it. Papers, same thing, right? If you can't break it down into small digestible bites for today's audience, you've missed that boat. But at the core, the appetite for sports as a medium has not gone anywhere. People, the, the dummies who run these businesses just haven't figured out how to monetize it to meet the new generation. Is that is that in essence what the issue is? You know, I go to, yeah, it's the total, that's totally the issue. I go to games, you, like when you go to a Mariners game, I, everybody talks about how old the baseball audience is. I go to a, a weeknight game. It doesn't look old to me at it's all. Not, it's in not. fact, I feel old there. Baseball games, in my opinion, are the best place to go to get away for a couple of hours and actually turn off. You can mm -hmm. sit outside. You can talk to a buddy. I don't drink beer, but you can have a beer, a hot dog or whatever. It's outside. It's beautiful. The, the game is almost secondary. And you can mm -hmm. just relax and talk to somebody and have a good night. That that's my opinion on baseball. But so if you had to, so we've got this problem where you've got a massive appetite, and yet you have a disconnect as to how we are going to fill the appetite, correct? I mean, that that's in essence what's going on because we used to get our games through originally it was through national networks right now then we had these awesome things called regional sports networks then these they have now blown up why did they blow up why, why are we in this diamond conundrum okay so uh i want to say something in defense of, of regional sports networks okay i don't uh again my um, my head is not in the sand i, I you plainly see the move to streaming. However, the problem with regional sports networks to me is unique to Sinclair slash Diamond Sports. Okay. And it's and it's unique to, to your market where uh, uh, the Root Sports was owned by uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, which uh, if you were to go to David Zasloff, who runs Warner Brothers Discovery and give him a priority list, RSNs were you know pretty far down on that list. Uh, and if they were on it at all. If they were on it at all, exactly. And so these were two, two companies that totally mismanaged the RSN business and the regional sports network business. The uh, regional sports network business for NBC is profitable, not as profitable as it used to be. Again, my head's not in the sand. You see where, where the trend lines are going, but it, 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 they're, they're, they're still profitable. Yes Network. You think the Yankees want to get rid of Yes Network? Uh, uh, the Nesson in Boston with the Red Sox, the Dodgers network down in uh, Los Angeles, all of these are relatively healthy regional sports networks. So the idea that the owner of the, the biggest regional sports networks is in bankruptcy, uh, I think they have, they have 19 RSNs over there, that isn't necessarily indicative of the overall business as it is Sinclair and the way that Sinclair managed those. That being said, why, why are we in this problem? Uh, uh, there's cord cutting. The, the RSNs were such a great business for such a, a, a long time, if you were a sports fan. I, I, I do this thing, I live in DC and I walk down the street and I uh, you know, look in the windows and see what, uh, I can see the t when, when TVs are on, nobody else is watching the Nationals or the Orioles, you know, and, and, and there are probably 10 TVs on. So I'm having, you know, but I am. So that, you know, 
10% of the viewership is is with me, but 90%, 100% of everybody is paying for 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 the the those channels, and that enabled the rights to go up, and I was able to see every game, and it was perfect. Well, a lot of those people that don't like sports have already migrated and cut the cord, and now they're just streaming Netflix and you know getting a, a cheap broadcast package or, or something along those lines. If you're a hardcore sports fan, you're still sort of you know hanging on hanging on to it. So that is a problem that is is affecting NBC and it's affecting you know some of these uh, independents, but they're managing it a lot better than uh, than uh, Sinclair was or than Warner Brothers Discovery was. So we now see a pivot where teams are bringing it in house. Is that right? Is that the answer? So. They're, they don't have the answer yet. This is sort of goes back to the, the way I answered your first question. Nobody knows how to move forward with this because uh, everybody thinks it's you know uh, it's pretty easy to say, oh, well, look at the rise of Netflix. Let's just take our everything streaming. Well, there's no way that streaming is going to bring in the same amount of revenue for these teams as the RSNs were, were, were paying for, uh, especially if you look you know, I'm an Orioles fan, so I would pay to stream every every single game this year. Uh, two years ago, when they were losing 120 games, zero Nobody chance. I, I don't I don't need to pay for that. Or, right. or or even like if if for some reason they lose like 20 games in a row and are, and are out of the playoff race, I'm 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 ditching out the so. But with the RSN, I had to pay year round because I'm part of the, the part of the sort of the key cable ecosystem uh, over there. So it's a uh, you know th- th- there's there's no set way forward but all of the teams and all of the leagues know that whatever way forward means less revenue and from from uh, lo- their local media rights than they have been getting and why that matters is is you know it, not only paying the players uh you know what they get but also playing paying the assistant director of marketing and and you know in your staff you know and, and as a, sort of any of the back office costs you know get affected by that so you and I look like we're roughly the same age. I went to college at the University of Vermont, and I used to play the long-distance carrier game. So one month you were with AT&T, and then you would call <laughs> MCI, and you would say, hey, MCI, I'm a loyal customer of AT&T. Will you pay me to switch? And they'd say, yes, we would. And then the next month you would call somebody else, Sprint, and then you would switch. And you would play the long distance game because I was calling friends in Detroit and I was calling friends in Toronto. And month by month, my long distance bill would go from $100 to $80 to $60. And all of a sudden there's free long distance. Eventually, that's what cable, cable's just going to go away. And we're going to have these monstrous internet bills. And it's all just going to be about, I mean, look, the end of the day that's what cable is now anyways it's coming over a fiber line anyways and it's just it it's a fancy word for internet access anyways right like if my if my internet goes down my cable goes down because it's coming across the same pipe here from xfinity so hmm. eventually i don't care what again i don't really care about labels all that much because they're all getting very confusing but eventually isn't that really what this is going to be about is the ability to watch this uh, streaming, watch it, what channel it's going to be. But it seems to me that, and in Canada, we have this 
a lot where cable companies are owning teams that they should be able to monetize eyeballs better than anybody. Is that not the, I mean, you, you brought up the Red Sox, their success, the Yankees, their success, they own the network. Do they not? The, the Yankees are in the, the biggest media market uh, with, with, with the, the <laughs> probably the best brand uh, in Kansas city, the Royals, uh, this Not is so 20, much. 20 years ago. They tried to launch their own uh, network and it, it didn't work. Uh, it, it, it didn't uh, go anywhere. The twins in Minnesota, they tried. Again, that was two decades ago. Uh, also two decades ago, uh, News Corp owned the Dodgers. And right. they, 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 they thought the same way and they could not make it work. And they weren't used to being you know, the, the, the way fans vilify GMs, especially when things don't go well or owners when things don't go well. And, News Corp at the time wasn't used to being vilified like that. It was like, wait, we're just trying to own a team. And uh, and uh, uh, so, so that, that didn't necessarily work out that well. But the, the interesting interesting thing about cable, uh, eventually it's going to go away. Like, the, the, like when is that necessarily going to happen? Because I mean, right now, one of the advantages to cable is that you pay one, one price and everything comes through that pipe. So I don't have, I, I pay for my cable and I don't, I don't need to worry about where any other games are because just about everything comes into in, in cable. And I think what, uh, what all of the networks right now are really taking a look at is um, cord cutting has hit the cable uh, industry uh, terribly hard. Uh, and I, I always get uh, yelled at by cable folks because they say it's not cord cutting, it's sort of cord moving because they're yeah. going from cable to something else to pay mm -hmm. for. Uh, and so it went, it's gone from that 100 million homes, it, it's probably in around like 70 million now. And how far will that drop? I mean, because th there, there's an absolute belief that it, it will plateau at some point. And, uh, and the, the question is just when that happens. And if it plateaus down around 30 or 40 million, then all those all those networks are are in deep trouble. If it plateaus around fifty or sixty million, you know you can make a nice business out of that. Part of the problem is that our kids aren't cord cutters; they're cord nevers. Nevers, yes. And and our kids are never paying for cable. They're just not. I, so what happens when our kids get married and have kids? And and uh, you know, does cable all of a sudden become something that you know? Uh, because we're we're speaking about our kids in their early twenties, which yeah, they're not paying for for anything. But at some point, when they become more established, they have more of a discretionary income, and they need some entertainment for kids. You know, the electronic entertainment. They're, do they do they start to do that? No, they're paying for the they're paying for gigabyte or whatever it is then internet, and they're paying for their streaming services and for sports. They're buying their packages. Mm. Right. Like what else do they need? Yeah. And the question is how you, how, how you get there. Correct. Yeah. The best internet connectivity you can for the best speed. I mean, I think that's the answer. I mean, that, that, that to me is where, you know, I think T-Mobile was so smart originally offering, you know, free Netflix with their top tier. Like that was brilliant because that ultimately that's where it's going to be. How are you going to get loyalty? Who's going to give me the most bang for that buck to get me to switch? Because right now it's so ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. But but it is fascinating because we seem to have so many issues and yet audience numbers appear to be pretty good. Like you read the reports 
and the NBA draft numbers were good. The NHL draft, which is shocking, were actually pretty good. Playoff mm-hmm. numbers seemed to be good. Super Bowl numbers were good. It's and yet the people, the people that are cutting the cord are not hardcore. They're not sports fans. They're, right. they're, 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 my wife would have cut the cord years ago because she doesn't like sports. Right. But, but I, I, I do. And I like, so we're not cutting it. So Correct. it's a, and so you're seeing, uh, you're seeing viewership for um, sports events, especially big sports events, really maintain pretty, pretty good levels. Uh, if you look at entertainment program, programming ratings, those, uh, those couldn't be lower. And in fact, at Sports Business Journal, every year we come up with a list of top 100 shows of, on, on, on television. And sports, when we started this list, you know, about two decades ago, sports took up about 70 uh, uh, slots in the top 100. Now it's well over 90. I mean, you, and, and the only other ones that aren't there are usually like a State of the Union address right. or the Oscars or some other like live event. You're not seeing like a match finale. Right. I, I am showing my age here. I apologize. <laughs> You're not seeing an entertainment programming uh, a program sort of you know, get in on that. So my drive home from the airport at five o'clock this morning. I was listening to Professor Galloway and uh, Kara Swisher on the Pivot Pod. And uh, they were talking about a bunch of, they're talking about a bunch of different people getting crushed, especially Elon Musk. What a surprise. Uh, And Galloway made an interesting comment, made me think of you in our discussion this morning. He said, you know, Bob Iger let go a ton of beloved ESPN sportscasters recently. And no one really went hard after Iger because Iger isn't out there, you know, parading around and, you know, in like a Lamborghini, he's not showing up, flaunting himself at the four seasons on a beach. Like nobody really knows what he does. He kind of has this quiet persona. He does his job. People tend to respect him. Do you agree with that comment? Um, no, I think he's gotten some, uh, some grief, uh, for, for it. Uh, uh, ESPN since um, 2015 has had every two years they've had they've had layoffs and uh, I and, prefer and the term bloodletting but go ahead blood, <laughs> every two years they've had <laughs> bloodlettings it's it's almost become sort of like a strategy of right. sorts about like okay how can we look good to, to Wall Street let's let's you know let, let's call and it's a and and I so I can understand uh, why Professor Galloway said that because uh, Bob Iger is like, you know, studio central casting CEO. Like he looks the part, uh, he stays out of the limelight. He, he, he doesn't show up. Like you say, he doesn't show he's up. Not on he's not showy. He's not showy. He's not. Yeah. He, well, he, yeah. And he's not threatening to go into the octagon with, uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg or anything right. like that. He's, he, he, he sort of maintains a certain level. So I understand why he would say that. But I know I just know like among uh, people that work for ESPN and uh, and people in the business, it's like all right, you know, enough. Like why why is ESPN always every two years like clockwork? It's like oh well, we just have to 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 cover a little bit more. It's a it, it's a strategy that that um I think he's been getting bashed more than I've seen him in the in the past with this most recent round. They've let some big names go this time. Um... Susie Colbert, I, I don't know yet. Like, I, I don't know. She's she's as big as they come at that shop. How, you know, where does ESPN go from here? Jeff Van Gundy, 
the, for, for my money, he is the, the NBA. NBA he, absolutely. It's a top NBA analyst. Um, here's, here's what, um, here's how I look at view it is that, uh, Susie Colbert, um, who I think is excellent, uh, but I don't think she brings one subscriber or one ratings point to, to ESPN. And she's been there for a while. I don't know what her contract was. Um, uh, ESPN is taking a look at, at their, their way forward and their, 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 their way to success is with live games. And then whatever you put around the live games is sort of filler programming. So with the NBA coming up, you know, you, you want to make sure that you're in good financial position to go after the NBA when you know that Amazon and its deep pockets and Apple and its deep pockets and Google and their deep pockets also want to come in to get it, not to mention NBC Universal and Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, and so what, what I took away from who they let go, it's, it's just sort of pe people that hosted shows that maybe got good ratings, maybe didn't, but it, you know, they didn't necessarily cut through the clutter in, in a huge way. And, and they, they want to take, they want to call that in order to Im, Im, improve their um, financial uh, 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 place uh, or yeah. financial prospects so that they can move forward to get the rights that are going to, because if they, if they keep Susie Colburn, don't get the, uh, the, the NBA rights, the, the, they're going to suffer. And I'm not saying Susie's the, the no, one no, thing no, standing no, in the middle of the No, no, I got it. No, no, I got it. So they're trying to clean up the books in order to justify what's going to be a ridiculous bill to, to get the NBA rights. Because uh, the believe me, the NBA knows that the ESPN needs the NBA. I mean, all, all these, all of these, uh, all of these TV networks right now are be, because of cord cutting and because they're getting so much less uh, uh, revenue coming in. They they have they have uh, need to have rights. The NFL is need to have by by all of them. For ESPN, college football is need to have. Uh, the NBA is certainly need to have. And then they would have they have like the like to have rights. It would it'd be nice to have rights. And I think if you take a look at Major League Soccer. Uh, you know that they that all of the TV networks passed on them. They ended up going to to Apple. So the you know where one of my big. Uh, uh, jobs is to figure out where that line lot, uh, is and what falls uh, on the right side of the line and what falls on the on the other side of the line. Is it full blown ownership of media rights by tech giants? Is that the only path forward for the leagues? Oh, I had such a great answer to that too, John. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I I really I I don't know, and that's the big that's the big question move, moving forward because. Um, like these tech giants, Amazon and Apple, they have to make money off of these deals at some point. And so if you're a, if you're a big league, do you take the money now under the hopes that that eventually like when let's say the NBA goes to Apple and let's say that that helps to make the uh, the cord cutting happen to where, you know, Disney it, it can't, can't afford an NBA package the next time it comes up. Like, like, uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but like, do you, if you're a league, do you want to help support this media system where like the NBA rights and the NFL rights are the lifeblood of these companies, NBA rights and NFL rights, they're a pimple on Amazon. 
I, I don't think they're even a pimple on Apple. They, 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 they're not as significant, but, but for, for a Disney company, like that, that, that makes their, their entire uh, 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 um, business. And so one of the, one of the uh, main things that I'm looking at and we're reporting on moving forward is what happens with that? Because uh, like, if you're Amazon, I know Amazon's going to go hard after the, uh, um, uh, the NBA, but how many people did they lay off? I think it was like 20,000 people. And then they're going to go and make this big purchase that they're not going to make money on it, at least not initially. It's, it is a, it's a hard business um, um, a strategy to, to follow right, right now for me. But Amazon certainly doesn't care about what the effect would be on Disney-owned ESPN. Does Adam Silver, oh. does, does Adam Silver care? I think, well, that, that, yeah, that's what I was suggesting. Adam might care because he might want to make sure that he keeps these companies that are in dire need of keeping his programming afloat and healthy, as opposed to sort of, sort of running after the, the shiny object that, you know, that, that they, they don't, they're not as important to. And so is, is it probably a safe bet that we'll see a split baby? Uh, with the NBA, almost certainly. I mean, if I was advising the NBA and they have a ton of advisors over there, keep um, keep your prime uh, events on broadcast TV on ABC. You know, give ESPN uh, a nice little package and go sort of test the waters with an Amazon. You know, give Amazon like a, you know, I could see Amazon with the Thursday night package or something like that. Or I could see, you know, Apple taking, you know, a package of like the Sunday afternoon game, or who, who knows? I, but but uh, almost certainly you're gonna see that split and almost certainly you're gonna, so, so the one thing we, we sound really pessimistic about the, the TV market. In the United States in 2034, I'm still going to be able to see almost every NFL game on traditional linear television. Uh, the National Hockey League, uh, every single, uh, I, I, I'm not sure if it's playoff game, but certainly Stanley Cup final game, I'm going to see on traditional linear television through like 2028. Uh, uh, same thing with some of these big college conferences, the SEC that has uh, linear TV deals going to the middle of next decade. So uh, what the trend that I'm seeing happening is, that's th these leagues like uh, like the NBA are looking at a hybrid ap approach where you do have a streaming because if streaming takes over, you, you need to have something there, but you still want to be on, on traditional linear television because that delivers the biggest audiences. So this might be an unfair and therefore quick question. Do you have any feel at all as to what is next for the Canadian TV NHL deal? Uh, I unfortunately don't. So it is going to be okay. a, 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 a totally quick question. But uh, okay. uh, the, the, the Canadian, uh, I mean, the, 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 the NHL is so much more popular in Canada than it is uh, in the United States that I, I, would, be, uh, I would be surprised given their, their U.S. deal that if they totally went to streaming and, and, got, and got rid of, uh, I, I think they want to, got rid of linear television. So I, my expectation, without knowing the market all too well, my expectation is that they're going to try to craft a package that gets their uh, the games in front of the most people that they possibly can. Right. Okay. What I keep hearing the term fast TV and sports. Is that something you're a big believer in? 
as a as the um, next as the next big thing? No, I, I think people are dabbling in that. Uh, I, uh, it's it's so fun. It's so funny. Um, I. It could take off, I suppose. One of the one of the real conundrums is when people talk about cord cutters and like, oh, well, they can watch, you know, the NBA Finals because it's on free TV, right? Broadcast TV. Would you know if you didn't have cable? Would you know how to get ABC to watch the NBA Finals? I wouldn't. I I took the 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 antenna <laughs> off my roof like 30 years ago, right. <laughs> like I, I would, I would be stuck. I would uh, certainly need, almost need to stream it uh, of, of sorts. So this right. idea of uh, this idea of broadcast and a fast TV of like, Oh, well, it's going to be on over the air channels. So they'll be able to, more people will be able to see them is no uh, fast. So, so fast TV is, is these channels that exist of old content. So it's like the, the cheers channel. That is twenty four seven, nothing but cheers. It, but it's on the it's on, on the uh, uh, broad it's broadcast, right? Or is it? It's these. It's not. Um, it's not over. It's not like what what uh, the San Diego Chargers are doing. No, nah, the San Diego um, baseball team is doing. Not over oh, the I, air. I, I thought this. I thought the fast were within a broadcast stream. So I, mm-hmm. I would need to subscribe no, no. to Fubo in order to uh, correct to, to them. Okay. Right. 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 No, this this is you have to subscribe to Fubo, and then you could get, you know, the old ESPN Sports Center channel, and you're watching, you know, <laughs> Keith Overman and Dan Patrick from the '80s do their thing, right? Like, yeah, that, that's the question. Like, do you think that has legs? The 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 uh, no, I I I uh, I don't obviously I don't know a ton about it because I I messed right. up the question to to start okay. with, but um. But but the, the way you've described it is, you know, I mean, the way I use YouTube, right? Right, exactly. That's it. That's or, or, exactly or, it. Or, or, or TikTok or, you know. Correct. Um, there's been a, we're almost at the end here and you've been very generous with your time. Um, we talked a little bit about gambling and an, and an issue came up at the NBA draft where an ESPN, sorry, an athletic personality was uh, tweeting about a draft pick and uh, some money started to move based on a draft pick that didn't come to fruition. Is this something that's going to become more problematic down the road? Uh, how can it not? Uh, I mean, I, uh, here's a, here the, uh, we've talked about, you and I have talked about our sons more on this podcast than I ever have before. So, but um, that's good. I like super- to be the, I like the more personal effect here on the press row. That's what we go for. Well, at the Super Bowl last year, uh, I had I was having a meal with Eric Shanks, who is uh, the head of Fox Sports. Okay. And I let my son, who's a sports fan, know that I'm ha- and, uh, having this meal. And uh, Fox Sports produced the Super Bowl last year. And my son immediately texted. He was like, get the script. Like, whatever you do, find out what happens. And it was a joke. He was joking about it. Of course. It. But if I'm the NFL that's not a joke that I like. It's no. it, it, like that. And, and, and it's, uh, I, I then went and there are a ton of memes about, you know, the scripts and, uh, and players are, are making fun of it and, and having, or having fun with it. And it's, uh, it, it's tough. I'm, uh, Donahue, the referee for, uh, uh, for the NBA, you know, th- was that really just a one-off there? I, I mean, we're seeing that the NFL is, 
you know, uh, suspending people for betting on their own games and and their defense is that oh well we bet on us to win like that's a, that that was Pete Rose's defense for good like like decades ago, uh, and so uh, you know, the, and you have um, my friend Scott Van Pelt has his bad beats uh, segment. Like at what point is a bad beats of like oh that's bad luck to like whoa that does that looks shady <laughs> it's a I so I you know uh, the what I find interesting about gambling is that all of these leagues tiptoed into it and now they all seem to be diving into it and we're starting to like I don't think that they're ready for not necessarily the repercussions but they're not ready for people uh, for for their own to to, to monitor their own players. And I don't think they, they were necessarily ready for the idea from my son that like, okay, let's, let's come up. We're going to have, you know, uh, uh, the Joker and the Nuggets win this year. This will be great, you know, because that's a good storyline. And uh, I, it's, uh, I just think that long term, that's something that, that they really, really need to take a look at. But the, as, as they're getting less money from, uh, from uh, media rights, and as cord cutting is happening, you know, this is ready-made uh, revenue and it's easy revenue to get. And you have all these companies that are trying to do it. And so they have to say no to all this money on the one hand while sort of, you know, uh, dealing with, with some of the uh, bad P- It's more than bad PR, but I can't, can't come up with the word yeah. bad PR on the, on the other hand. It's funny because you go back in time and we grew up watching Jimmy the Greek not the greatest name I know, uh, on, on CBS Sunday. Right. And that's back in the eighties that that I remember. And he was talking about the betting lines then. So it's not like this just fell into their lap and, Oh my God, what are we going to do? This isn't new, right? They had lots of time to deal with this. And yet the Donahue podcast, which you brought up, which I think is one of the best serial podcasts ever produced. And yet nobody talks about it. Like they've even from his grave, Stern has managed to quash that sucker that nobody really wants to talk about it. And it's incredible. Um, you hear these NFL players saying, I was sitting in these meetings. I asked all these questions. I didn't really understand what the rules were. Like that seems really suspicious to me. And then you have the players that, that's sort of incredulous. Like I can can I can pick myself on a fantasy team that's worth a thousand dollars, but I can't bet on myself to to get over seventy five yards rushing. Like that doesn't make sense to them, and it makes sense to me. But you know, it's a. Uh... So last question. I'll come back to my son. So he's studying media and communications at Boulder, and. I, I tend to be optimistic and I come back to how we started and that is the appetite for consumption remains strong despite what people are telling you and telling me that we're wrong. I, I just, I, I completely disagree. And that is there are people, the same number of people want to watch, they want to listen and they want to read. What on, on the devices that they're reading, the mediums that they're listening to or watching are changing but that appetite remains strong. Who's going to give us hope to figure out the business model? Uh, well, I, uh, that's a good question. I wasn't expecting that question, but uh, uh, look, when, when I graduated college, my first job in, in, in media was working for a weekly newspaper, which has since gone away. 
uh, you want to talk old school. Then I, I took a job where I was writing for a, a daily a publication that was faxed out to clients. Like things change. Like the, the idea of you, you talked earlier, this idea of like these big, long stories. Like I, I, I hate writing stories that are over like 500 or 700 words because I know how I read online. It's, it, it's uh, you know, I, hey, I get tired and I sort of go on. And so I, I look at people like like your son or that that uh, are are graduating and know so much more about how to communicate with people, uh, be it be, be it on you know, like social media or I mean, look what we're doing. We're now doing a podcast. If you told me what a podcast was ten years ago, you know that like, we, we'd be uh -huh. able to figure this out. So it's it's ever evolving. And I, and I think when you, as it evolves and you see old media try to change or you see some old media just die and, and, and go away, you know, it, it's scary. Change is scary. But I, I know from personal experience that, that, um, that, that young kids still like sports. Uh, like I said, go to any game. Of, uh, I brought up baseball, but football or, or basketball, go to any game. They're still watching sports. Uh, they're just doing they're doing it differently. And if people can figure out how to communicate or how to reach those people, uh, and if the leagues and teams can figure out a way to reach those those types of people to, to get them to pay or to get them to, 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 to buy into it, that's that's what the future is. Uh, and and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on that. Well, unfortunately, in Canada, nobody in the business, despite two massive media companies have figured out the model. I remain convinced that they're going to copycat somebody in the States or somebody in the States is going to come in. I remain bullish and optimistic that somebody, uh, and there's smart people out there, and, and we've seen already, Threads came out this week, uh, based on the Pivot podcast this morning, they're north of 50 million subscribers already. Mm -hmm. That's a staggering number. That's almost, almost 2x the population of Canada have so signed up already. The appetite for a vehicle to communicate uh, is there. And I always said, and people thought I was nuts, that the NHL should have bought Twitter because I thought that sports con that sports commentary on Twitter was the best for during games, trades, free agency, mm -hmm. drafts. Um, I, I remain very optimistic and very bullish that someone is out there. I thought it was going to be the athletic. I loved that model when it first came out. Um, someone is going to figure this out and and you need to follow john on all of his different social media accounts or on the sports business journal he's got excellent podcasts out there i really appreciate you taking the time he is the, the media guru uh thank you so much for taking time and hoping that uh as major stories evolve we can have you back to discuss them uh, anytime uh, happy to do this thanks for the invite jenna all right take care Thank you for listening to today's episode of In the Press Row. Thank you to John Oran for joining me. As always, my DMs are open. You can follow me on Twitter at YYZ Sports Media, on threads now at YYZ Sports Media. If you'd like to appear as a guest, reach out. Jonah at YYZSportsMedia.com. My DMs are open. You can subscribe to this wherever you've listened. You can also find us on YouTube. Have a great day. We'll see you next time in the press row. Thanks. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.